Welcome to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. ISFA exists to serve industry professionals involved in the fabrication of manufactured surfacing materials. With each episode, Behind the Surface inspires fabricators to take their business to the next level. Now with your host, Nancy Bush. Hi everybody, I'm Nancy Bush, and today we're talking about commercial bids and whether or not you should be entering into the commercial business. So I'm here with Rich Katzman, founder and president of Stone Services Group, who's been in our industry for the last six years, but has been a part of the residential construction scene his whole life, having grown up in the industry. And if you're sitting in front of a commercial bid right now and asking whether you should bid it, stop yourself because you should know whether you're going to bid that job well ahead. And Rich, take it away. Thanks, Nancy. No, I appreciate you inviting me here today. A quick note on Stone Services Group, um, really just to give a little validity to this talk. um, What we do is we provide commercial templating and install services and and bid consulting also um, across the nation to fabricators, material providers, and GCs. So this is what we wake up every day doing, what we're gonna talk about here. And a lot of it's just lessons learned over the last few years of, of again, doing this every single day. So yeah, just as you said, um, if you've already got a bid on your desk, you're, you're probably a little too late already, right? There's, there's definitely some preliminary thought that should go into the type of commercial jobs that you want to get into and how those match or don't match your skill set, right? I mean, there's big ones and there's small ones, right? There's new construction versus remodel. Um, And then even within the commercial industry, right, you've got hotel projects, right? Simple vanities over and over again. You've got senior living facilities, government. I mean, so there are a whole bunch of different types of projects that really rely on different resources. Um, you know, we see a lot of um, uh, kind of smaller commercial projects. Think of like a coffee bar with elevated shelving and and desk, you know, and, and top shelves and all of that good stuff. Um, we have certain crews that are more highly skilled that we'll send to those than we will to put in 220 vanities in a hotel, right? So there's a lot of kind of preliminary thought that really should go in before you start targeting bids that you want to get and work that you want to do. And Rich, how do you, let's, let's start with how do you get those bids? Perfect. Perfect. And, th- and this has been a, a big lesson learned for our company too. Um, at first, right. You'll, as soon as you type commercial bids into Google, you will get inundated with bidding services, software that you can use that have hundreds and hundreds of projects in there. Um, and none of those work. I mean, there's, there's the, the, the answer is, you know, you've got to have relationships. None of those, we tried them all. I've talked to other people. You just don't get, all you're doing is wasting your time because, you know, com- completing a full bid takes hours and hours. And, and with those software providers, if you don't know who you're do- dealing with, you're just not going to get anywhere. Um, what we've done very effectively and, and some of our customers too, if you can go to the pre-construction manager or the vice president of pre-construction, those are the guys that hold the magic list of who the estimators should push projects out to. And what's nice is from a GC perspective, a lot of those guys are on LinkedIn. And so it's, it's relatively easy to get to them. 
and start building those relationships. And like the rest of our industry is everybody is desperate for help these days. So this is the perfect time to be out there building those relationships, right? Another great way is if you have an outside salesperson or, or even you as an owner, you know, any type of people that see um, a construction site, go on site, right? Ask for the site superintendent, right? He's going to be the, the big boss sitting in the construction trailer. He again will, you know, offer his advice on how things are going. And really, he's a great way to get to that same pre-construction manager or ask him, hey, we're a local fab shop, you know, on your next project, we'd, we'd love to, you know, be part of the bid process. Who do we contact? And, you know, they're generally really nice people and, you know, and, and we'll, you know, tell you what you want to know. And then kind of the last way um, that, that we've used um, is, is through the cabinet companies, right? A lot of times the casework and cabinet companies will get kind of the dual bid, right, for both the cabinets and the countertops. And then they'll sub that out to their buddy down the street or someone that they've worked with. Again, easy Google search, easy drive around town, you know, find the commercial cabinet guys that are in your area and, and be buddies with them. Take them to lunch. You got to show up. You got to show up, right? And and the, and the beauty is, it's not like, you know, you've got to call on 25 people to get one response, right? These guys are hungry for help, right? You know, if, if you're not building relationships in more than half of these, I, you know, I would be incredibly surprised. So the in the millwork community, is it the purchaser you're targeting in that conversation? Yes, or, or um, yes, definitely, or or the estimator at times. Um, sure. You know, they're a little smaller company, so the estimator does have a little bit more power. Um, you know, so so those are generally the people that that we work with on that side. Perfect. Yeah, and then you know, okay, so so let, let's keep moving forward. All right, so you figured out, you know, what what you want to be when you grow up, right? I want to do hotels and multifamily because it's, you know, 15,000 square feet every time I show up on site and I can just rack up the dollars on those, right? You figured out how to get those bids. Okay, now you've got the bid package. What do you do next, right? That, that's always the big fear. And, you know, these things are ridiculous. They're, you know, 500 pages long. There's, you know, four point font, you know, whenever they want to kind of stick you with something, they bury that, you know, somewhere. And, and they are intimidating. We've got some great tools out there that help. Um, unfortunately, you know, kind of experience is, is the best help kind of muddling your way through those. Um, but, you know, there are companies that will do the takeoff for you. And, and we use those. Um, most of the commercial fabricators across the country that I work with all send out, um, you know, the, the bid packages to get at least the first cut of the takeoffs then they were, you know, th that saves them hours and hours, right? Ultimately, you're responsible. So you need to still review and look through. But what's great about those is it's kind of your roadmap then to figuring out exactly what you need to put into the bid, right? And there's some companies here um, that, that, you know, are, are part of our industry, right? That are, that are in the associations that come heavily recommended. Um, those, you know, I would reach out to and, and, a lot of times they'll do the first couple for you for free because they know they're just, you're just going to keep sending them to them. Um, and then there's some really, if you're a little bigger company or you want dedicated resources, there's some really good software packages out there. Um, Bluebeam is, is the industry leader, um, relatively inexpensive, very easy to use to kind of do your own takeoffs. And, and that's, you know, that's one that our industry uses. Um, you know, there's a couple others that aren't quite as prevalent, Stack, PlanSwift, or some other good ones. 
but Bluebeam seems to be what most people use successfully to, to kind of figure out what they need to provide. And then, you know, the, then the end of it is, is again, a little bit more of the experience. Make sure you've read through it. And, you know, I know it's a pain. I've got to do it all the time. But, it, you know, you start seeing scary words like liquidating damages, right? You know, that means if you cause a one-day delay, well, guess what? 200 hotel rooms you just bought, right? So you've got to be very careful and, and make sure, you know, personal guarantees. There's a lot of stuff like that you've got to be careful of. And then just a lot of the logistic things. I just made that word up. Um, so, you know, where you're going to store the materials on site, right? Okay, there's got to be a lull because you're going to the fourth floor. Who's going to pay for that? You know, um, how are you going to, you know, what's the payment schedule look like? That's always a big one too. So just a lot of fine print that, that you need to just make sure you've got covered, um, you know, before you sign it and submit it. And how that must fit with your day-to-day -day business, what your, you know, what your focus is day-to-day, -day, right? So right. That install schedule and how that works with maybe, say, your residential piece. If you're focused mostly on the residential portion of the business, you introduce that sort of project, you, you know, you have to factor that in, how that's going to disrupt, right? Absolutely, because, you know, they're going to demand you on site, just, just as you're saying. So if you're if you've got a normal residential business and, you know, these guys pick up the phone and say, hey, we've moved this schedule four days. We need, you know, two crews here tomorrow for the next two weeks. It, it's tough to say no to that, right? That, that, that's when the threats start coming. So you're absolutely right. There should, there should kind of be a, a plan B, right? If, if you've got additional installers, for example, that you've used before that are subcontractors, if you leave a little, you know, variability in your schedule because you know something might move, but you've definitely got to look for the plan B on those. So show up and ask. Those are the two takeaways from our conversation today, Rich. That's for sure. And then, and then when you win it, let's let's add kiss up to the superintendent to that list next. Okay, there's <laughs> that, that that he is the king, right? When when you're let's not forget the important stuff, right? Right. Show up, ask, and kiss up. I guess would be my would be my three. But you know. He's the guy, right? You know, when the final checklist comes and he's got to approve everything, you know, you want him on your side. So um, that, you know, that's another good takeaway is, is build that relationship early. What, you know, what we do is we'll go out usually two months before a project starts and, and just get together with the, with the site guy, meet him, give him business cards, you know, explain what we're going to do. Then we'll go out a month later, you know, still a month before the project starts. Again, just go treat him like royalty. And then, and then lo and behold, when we show up to do the work, it's just so much nicer. You know, the relationship's already been solidified. Um, and, then, and then I've got a negative one here too. Um, and then, and then um, we can kind of wrap things up. Um, be careful of remodels. Um, we decided about nine months ago that we wanted to get into the remodel business because there's so many of them out there and we will never do another remodel. Um, you talk about schedules that change and issues that come up. Um, it, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. Nothing. I mean, as, as, as funky as, you know, new construction schedules change, remodels are 10 times worse. And, and Nance, as you mentioned earlier, trying to allocate your resources, um, your own you know, your resources with your own business versus a remodel and, and, you know, doing one unit at a time and, and schedules bouncing all over the place it was just a nightmare for us. Wow, so that is three important things 
Um, and the first two being show up and ask questions, which is what we'll want to do uh, at the ISPA mixer on October 28th, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, great way for our ISPA members to, you know, have the conversation with one another in a safe space. And Rich, thank you so much for joining us today. And I know you have a ton more that you want to share with us. So I'm sure that you'll be back. Um, and I'm sure that you'll, you'll while you weren't our, my first podcast interview, um, I'm, I'm sure you're the best tennis player. Is that right? <laughs> we can definitively say that, yes, that, that, that I will be the best tennis player out there. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, thanks again. And I'm excited to see you at the annual conference on Monday. Oh, me too. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you. Sure. Thanks for listening. To hear more in-depth viewpoints, gain actionable insights, and powerful tools to help you succeed, subscribe to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. To learn more about ISFA, visit our website at www.isfanow.org.